You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about robert wyatt rock bottom in the room i have rob yes sir ben give it to me opinions and john (laughs) rock bottom is the second solo album by former soft machine drummer robert wyatt it was released on the 26th of july 1974 by virgin records and the producer was nick mason i'm gonna read from the book chris shade Robert Wyatt's debut album for Virgin was recorded in the aftermath of a tragic event. He had decamped to Venice while partner Afria worked on the 1973 horror film Don't Look Now to start working on the material that would make up Rock Bottom. Returning to London, he had begun assembling musicians for the project, but on June 1st, 1973, a fall from a four-story window resulted in him being paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, after which he was confined to a wheelchair, Wyatt turned his attention to keyboards and his inventive tabletop percussion. Produced by Pink Floyd's Nick Mason, a close friend, Rock Bottom marries Wyatt's haunting love songs with an unpretentious fusion of rock melodies and freeform jazz signatures, and is marked less political than much of his later work, where he... He joined the British Communist Party. The ambient jazz of Alfina honors Alfreda, his lover, muse, and rock bottoms sleeve, sleeve designer. Little Red Riding Hood features beguiling tape loops and jazz trumpeteer in abrasive squawks, and the ethereal joy of Seasong confirmed that Wyatt was not wallowing in self pity, despite the anguish and vulnerability of his vocal. Rock Bottom still sounds fresh today, while Wyatt remains an underrated treasure, continuing to inspire others with his music and unapologetic political stance. All right, what do we think of Rock Bottom? I think it's pretty cool. Robert Wyatt. Uh, I'm mad because you all kept being like, ooh, Mike Oldfield's lunch. Aren't you excited to find Mike Oldfield? Don't you love Mike Oldfield so much? You love Mike Oldfield. You do love Mike Oldfield. Fuck you guys. This Mike Oldfield is tame Oldfield. Well, it just has one one track with Oldfield. Yeah. I'm not here to rate your Oldfields. We're just letting you know that he was on it. I, I, yeah. You all kept being. You you, You don't even like Tubular Bells Oldfield. No, fuck that. That's not good Oldfield. And this wasn't good Oldfield either. He was, like, I heard his, because he has a very distinct way of playing guitar. And I was like, mm, that's my boy. All right, where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? Where, where are you going to go, Mike? Where are you going to go? Oh, it's over. And I was, like, pissed. I was like, Mike, you did me dirty. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't really care for this album. I thought this album was interesting. I don't know exactly what I actually feel about it. And it's yeah. still yeah. going on, mm. which is always interesting to me. I don't like his vocals. I didn't no. like them in Ugh. Soft Machine, and I don't like them here. I hate the vocalization he does. Like, the first half of Sea Song, where it's like a for real fucking song is fine. But then when he does this, like, dude, shut up. My favorite part about Soft Machine was definitely not the vocal work. <laughs> no. Well, not, yeah. It, it was on one song, and it yeah, was, it was him. him. And it was him. Yeah. 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 It, it's a little moon in June. It, 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 yeah, the yeah, beginning so. part of Sea Song is vocal works a little Peter Gabrielly. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! So. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I got or yes. Genesis vibes. I can't tell. <laughs> I uh, I did also hear hear Genesis, and I was like, was this man in Genesis? Because I don't know, honestly, no. guys. No, he was in Soft no, Machine. He was in Soft Machine. I don't know what that is. What did you think, Ben? It it's growing on me. Yeah, is yeah. It, is yeah. it working on it? I'm working on it. The best parts of it lead into things that lead into like Radiohead and Tom York. I mean, yeah, like that's yeah, like, like, I, I can you, see that yeah. tangent. Oh like, my god, that's why I don't like this. Is because I like outgrew Radiohead. Like I used to fuck hard with Radiohead, and now I'm like, no, I never want to listen to it ever again. You and have that's such probably why. strong opinions that just seem to to, to, to go wherever they want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to love them, and now they're the worst. <laughs> That's why you guys. <laughs> like, what What did they do? Did they do something, or did you just I don't change your mind? I want to talk about it, Ben. <laughs> Wild <Yeah>. card. <laughs> no, they didn't do anything to me. I just don't like them anymore. But these songs are real fucking weird. Oh, I mean, they, are. they don't flow like a regular song. No, but but it's, but it's, occasionally they'll they'll fall into some kind of. I don't necessarily want to call it a groove, but they'll just fall into some kind of like sequence where my my brain and ears are like. That's cool. Yeah, it's like jazz with an eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jazz eye? Eye jazz? <laughs> Is that what you're saying, Robbie? J- and then ja- every once in a while you get, you get uh, oh, what, what's his name? Ivor Cutler going bip, bippy, bippy, bip, bip. Oh, the, the, uh, the mm-hmm. poem? Is that? Well, in, in uh, how do you pronounce track five? Is it uh, Alife? Alife? Alife. In, in that one, he goes... So, but that is Ivor. What's his name? That's the Ivor or Ivor. So it's not. It's not Robert Wyatt doing the vocals on those. Okay, that's why I was a little bit confused. And like the the spoken word stuff in uh, Little Red Riding Hood. That's him. Yeah, man. (laughs) But I like the. Did you you say you did or didn't like the bit? Baby, bit, bit, no, not knit. knit Mu- no, much not. like, much like, like the on first listen of Roxy music albums, when Brian Ferry does something weird, it catches my attention. You know, if if I'm starting to go astray from like the kind of like the tramsness, like the trance likeness of like of just just like atmospheric art rock. If yeah, if my brain's starting to wander, and then it's just like bip 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 bip, bip I'm like, okay, I'm back. What was that? <laughs> it does catch you. Yeah, uh, it reminds me like. So, uh, especially this song here. Uh, uh, which which one are we on? Number two. A last straw. Yeah, uh, it reminds me a bit of uh, like progression wise of some of the stuff that was on Lark's Tongue and Aspect by King Crimson. Like, mm. I don't what I have no idea what mode that is. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh it ain't normal. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, How about but, that mouth but, solo? Yeah, the thing about that this music is I really I like where it was going, and then this. This muted uh, wow, 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 trumpet wow, wow, wow. just made with his, no, it's his mouth. Oh, okay, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's 
Okay, just very briefly. Yeah. Everyone at this table has seen Muppet Babies, yes? Yes. Yeah. It's the adult from Muppet Babies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Uh, Peanuts. Peanuts. Either, yeah. Peanuts. Yeah, and so he said he was just inspired by Duke Ellington in Sly Stone, and that's why he has mouth trumpet. <laughs> you can get away with that because he fell out of a window, man. <sighs> yeah, but it doesn't... He, he sat in his chair and thought about music, and he got excited about doing a mouth trumpet. More power to him. He does some wild shit that works, and he does some wild shit that I agree yeah. probably doesn't work. Right. The mouth right. trumpet on a last straw takes me out of it. Yeah. His, like, just breathe repeating, like, weird fucking <laughs> on, what is it, Alephib B? Alephib? Alephib. Alephib that? I'm, I'm totally with it. I like, thought that was really cool. It's just it's just a choice of weirdness and how it I hits you, it, I guess. I was into it for a while, and then it, like, it kept taking me, mm. like, it kept... I don't know, taking me out of, of the of the scene, and then I would concentrate a lot on that, and then it it was weird. It, it kept going in and out, and so I wasn't quite... You're, you're right, though. He has so many ideas that he's like, which I love, that he's like presenting all these different things, but half the time it feels like they don't quite line up. Yeah, I I, I find the... Uh... The like meandering nature and exploratory like sound stuff that he's doing to I find that engaging. Mm. Um, like not like with the with the Bob Marley stuff, not so much. It's not it, it doesn't engage me the yeah the, the same way. So like every time I hear this, like I hear something new, <clears throat> which is really close to me saying I like jazz. And I told you I wasn't gonna do that, Birch. In this <laughs> book, you've done it. He's done it before. Hits the road part one. You liked it it's start to finish, riding, or which part did you Robin. like best? I I appreciate it, it, it in its entirety, uh, but th- this first part that we're listening to, that's just like noise groove. I think it's really cool. I have such a hard time with just like discord, and it's but, not like that I don't understand it. It's just that I don't. It, it, it sounds bad to me because it sounds bad. But there is like, gro- there is a groove to it. Yes, there is. Yeah, I mean it's it's got repeated rhythms within the noise, but I, I don't, although I understand that it's interesting and I understand that it's going to eventually go somewhere, the amount of time that it takes me to get to the place where I realize that is too long for me to like it. <laughs> yes. My ears recognize the groove and my brain appreciates all the texture. I think because you're a drummer and because Rob is a keyboardist, you get some of that like cool percussive stuff out of the noise and Rob gets some cool stuff out of the meandering. But I'm neither. <laughs> so, so I don't get either part of it. This was probably my favorite song on the album. It it presents like a except for the the poetic uh, recite at the, so you didn't like the at the end <laughs> I want it I want it I want it uh, give it to me yeah there was some things at the end that just I didn't find interesting it just sounded so out of place and not 
I don't know. It just it just didn't work. But the sort of like abrasiveness of the horns, and then it comes into this melodic piano music. Do I need to separate you two? No, I'm sorry. And then, um, yeah, it comes into the the piano music, and then he has a a bit of this like this is probably the best vocal vocalization he is doing within this album, where he's actually singing, where he has these sort of notes that he projects. Yeah, this absolutely throughout. sounds like a song from Kid A. Yeah, I, I hear yeah. Radiohead. It does, I, hear, yeah. I hear Blonde Redhead. Oh yeah, yeah. I hear, uh, and I and I respect that. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for this this type of experimentation, taking what would be jazz or rock and blending it, melding into this like weird fusion of all different elements. It also brings back a lot of uh, memories of the band Love, the California mm. band, where they they put in a lot of those horns and it has those discordant notes yeah. and those interesting uh, arrangements. But Love is not meandering like this. Like Love to me, like they are because discordant. They're meandering and it, it's they like starting to piss me off. I don't understand of what like what wandering. is meandering. What, you mean, what about wandering? Does that help? I Wait, what, what was that love I song never that, find was, that was this all music upside wandering, too? Wandering, though. Wandering, like. No, I understand oh, okay, what okay. you're saying. But Maybe I just mean this like is, this is thoroughly like composed music. This track in general, throughout. Yeah. I okay. Maybe I'll, I'm trying to think of another synonym for meandering. Um, it just goes on too long. Okay. That's, yeah, that's it just different. goes on too ambling? long for me. Ambling. It's ant. Yeah, uh, ranging. Uh, no, could, it, it, that that makes more sense to me. It just goes on like way too long. You know, it's just it's pokey. All right, there. I'm gonna start saying pokey. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, it's just pokey, and uh, love to me isn't like like something like uh, she comes in colors, which doesn't use horns. It uses flute. You know, to me, like that's a set effect that they've got there. You know, right. but, but I just uh, <laughs> I find I find this music to be just irritating at best and boring or I mean irritating at worst boring at best it's it's to me just like in one ear out the other and like I said it's like I like progressive rock because it holds me and like Mike Oldfield has movements fucking uh dark side of the moon there's a lot going on with that album this to me it's just kind of like I get it Robert this is a subtle do touch you? though do you there's subtle it, Robert? Wyatt I get it Robert Wyatt <laughs> what? I think it's very subtle. I think I think there's subtle touches within these compositions where he's it, it's not as obvious of the changes in the turns and maybe they aren't as uh I mean they've said that it's orchestrated but this is in my ears right now but of these yeah, horns. Things, like, things are moving and changing. They evolve in a very peculiar way which I find really interesting of i mean we always talk about it where it's like you subtly change melodies or you subtly change things within classical music i think or evolve is, music. A, is a very good uh, yeah. term for it and, and because it does not just like strike you and be like oh now this part now this part and it, it and it like comes at you in a in a very wave like but I think I've brought emotion. up before. I don't like ambient music. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I, I understand that's yeah. that's where it would be. It's yeah. more in line with a like uh, in a silent way. Yeah, um, yeah. At least what we were just uh, yeah. just listening to here. Maybe some can. Absolutely. Yeah, I sure. see what you're saying there. Like, if you're talking about how it'll change slowly through the middle of a storm of noise, 
into something else. And if you can find that piece, it, it is pretty cool. I, I see what you're saying there. Like that, I it get. resolves. It, it, it does. It, it has, has resolution. There's absolute resolution to each one of these tracks. Mm-hmm. And, do, you know. do, do you think that this as Prague is in some ways a counterpoint to like the over sort of mythologized and over pushed prog like yes i mean because i don't i don't even know yeah because the cover itself he says he's a a minimalist even there's even a joke he says i'm a real minimalist because i don't do very much (laughs) oh my god that was a quote from him (laughs) and he said that i mean he's a drummer but within this album he was pushing for other things he was staying in uh venice and he was writing music that related to like the canals and uh all those different things these oceans evolving into or sorry these uh canals evolving into the ocean and this water like pushing through the city and things like that and so he was thinking those things while uh writing this and composing this on a farfisa is it farfisa farfisa Farfisa. yeah farfisa organ that his uh then girlfriend had purchased for him to play around while he stayed in the same... Sorry, uh, your legs don't work. Here's a Farfisa. No, it's before. Well, in oh, Venice, yeah. when she was shooting... And then he's uh, like, this will come in real handy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was staying in the same place as uh, Julia Christie, or uh, uh, who was friends with uh, his uh, then-girlfriend. But yeah, he he's like working through these interesting sort of... He's in love. He's in Venice. It's like water music and he's a uh, sort of combining all that and that he thought about drums but then obviously he mm-hmm. since he's paraplegic he, he wasn't able to do that so he thought okay well now i'm doing keyboards i'm yeah. creating this thing i thought it was interesting like the the bulk of the songwriting was done before his accident mm-hmm. but then after the accident you know like like not only is he physically unable to play his his main instrument the drum kit but he's obviously just in such a different headspace got such a different perspective now than when he'd written the songs and so like the songs like the arrangements and uh like what the songs are that we're hearing right now i'm imagining would be pretty different from how he was picturing them in venice he said that the accident was uh, uh, the, the beginning of his uh, musical maturity. Yeah. Mm. Said it helped him uh, with music. It let him. It enabled him to be free to to dream and to and to just really think it through. He spent a lot of time just thinking about the music. He also says he thinks it's, it saved his life. He said he was not much of a drinker at all until he did a, a U.S. tour with the Jimi Hendrix Experience with Soft Machine. Oh, I bet he did. And him and uh, Mitch Mitchell and Noel Redding and apparently Keith Moon were <laughs> uh, alternating tequila and uh, Southern Comfort shots. College. And so, so, a lo- <laughs> so a very toned down night for them. And and yeah, and by by the he went from like not drinking much at all to the tour in the late sixties to early seventies. At that point, he's an alcoholic. You know, he's at a wild party, uh, falls out the window, and everything changes in his life, and including his return to sobriety. I think that the like the the partnership of him and Alfreda is it Bengay Bengi. Does anyone know? Uh, How do you? Where's B E N G E? Oh, I don't know. Benji. Benji. I thought that was really cool. Like, 
I, I, well, I think it's really cool that they were dating at the time and, and she stuck with him through that life altering accident. She's really cool. She's a poet. She was, but she was working in Venice as a, as assistant editor on mm-hmm. Don't Look Now. She's also a visual artist. She does, uh, it seems like most of his album artwork, mm-hmm. this one definitely. Uh, and they got married on the day of the release. And I, I think they're still together. They, they still are, as far as I know. Yeah. I really like the album art, though. Yeah. yeah. I did, too. The I, original. Original yeah. album art. Yeah. Not, not the one that's on Spotify. No, no, no. The original. Yeah. I, I was actually kind of, like, confused. I was like, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, because there's two different colors. Yeah, both I, both I like, by her. And yeah. I like I like the blue one a lot, but I really like the white one, too. Yeah. I think I think they're really cool. That is something I liked about the album. Yeah, she she had mentioned that what she was trying to do what the progressive scene was doing at the time. But be a very minimal version of, of yeah. that, which I thought was amazing. Like a minimal version of like a yes cover. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's just it's just the off white cover with like black line drawing. Right, there's yeah. no other colors. There's nothing else going yeah. on. Yeah, it's a really cool image. It's a, a like it shows a, what is it, like a river going through like a countryside and like above the water. It's like very pastoral, and you can see like people like sitting and lounging like a, and, and enjoying life by the river. But then it's also got the cross section you see un- under the water and just such like that that lush like plant life and animal life like just beneath the surface. I think it's cool. And then like it gives a different uh, interpretation to the album title of Rock Bottom. Hmm. I think yeah. like, you can think of it like very negative like oh he's hit rock bottom. But, like oh no, also you know that the uh, rocky bottom of that river with all that lush life. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right. All uh, that beneath the surface. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I read a good quote about just describing the the music and like how to accurately describe it. And it says, millions of overlaid synths and guitars and trumpets flow back and forth, placing you in a trance that can best be described as a floating undisturbed in an alien ocean. It's an intoxicating, isolating experience, unlike any other, gentle and very disturbing. Okay, that was it just there. That was that was Wyatt. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the Irish poet only does the spoken part of Little Red Riding Hood one and two. One and two. Yeah, yeah. give it to me. I'll give what do you it think, back Rob? after my lunch tea. Um, <laughs> this is about the fourth time I've listened to it, and I like it even more than when I uh, really wasn't too into it the first time. So yeah. Positive. Uh, ultimately, like you know, uh, e- even aside from the story of like how it happened and like you know, like where where it came from, like the influence that Robert Wyatt had on the future of music is absolutely undeniable, and this album is testament to that. And I hope we get to listen to a little bit more. Also, a positive for me. I, I think this album's really interesting. It definitely. It, it's not. It. It. it it's. 
It's a creeper. It's a creeper. You know, you just gotta kind of sink into the shag carpet with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I did not sink into any shag carpet. I was stuck in a van though. <laughs> I was angry in a van. But yeah, every time I listen to it, I, uh, I'm hearing new things. Uh, I definitely can hear like the influences to, you know, uh, as we mentioned, like Radiohead and that type of stuff. I would like to hear some of Robert Wyatt's more political stuff. I think that could be really interesting. I uh, I know I did read a little bit. He uh, he was he was raised. He's like dyed in the wool, pinko. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and, uh, his his parents were both members of the Communist Party, and his, they described his upbringing as very like unconventional and bohemian. So it doesn't surprise me at all that uh, that he like get, gets political in his songs. I, I'd love to hear it. gonna be a negative for me but i don't like minimalist ambient music and uh you're right rob it's not progressive it's it's i think to me it's just like ambient minimalist i call it progressive because it it uh what did i say it was pokey because it just goes on and on and on to me um but yeah i didn't i didn't really care for most of this album and i listened to it twice and it's just like in one ear, out the other. I liked the beginning, like the first half of Sea Song. Um, I loved Mike Oldfield's work on Little Red Robin Hood, but um, again, it's like a very toned down Mike Oldfield, but this is like right after Tubular Bells and before he did Oma, Omadon. So, you know, I mean, he's still not quite up to that point where I like him, but yeah, not into it. Yeah. I'm going to give it a, a neutral, but closer to positive. Um, I don't know if I could go fully positive with it because it's not an album that I could put on and just listen to. Um, start to finish it's it's a it's an album that intentionally has parts of it that will stop you and make you think which i I don't necessarily like to think all that much sea song is definitely probably the most approachable song type song on the album uh which i thought was good um and there's really really cool elements scattered in bits and pieces all throughout it um that i really do like and appreciate i thought mike oldfield's guitar on uh, the final track was really good um, I, I even liked some of his, uh, Robert Wyatt's weird vocalization, you know, uh, lyrics in, uh, Alephi B and Alephi E, cause one's in B and one's in E. Uh, <gasps> Is that what it is? Yup. Oh. Uh, so you're like, welcome. Alephib uh, in a life? I don't know what's yeah. going <laughs> But it's, it's, it is nice that kind of that shift to these songs about, uh, his, his love, Alfreda. I mean, like it, there is a. A, a tonal shift in that second half of the album a bit. Um, and it's cool. Um, you know, the songs are long, but they're not insanely long. Um, and there's really weird shit, but it's just enough to be under the wire of like painful. So neutral plus, but I can't go full positive. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I think I'm just stuck in the middle. I, I can't commit totally because I, there's just things in certain songs that I just find like it wasn't the right choice. It's like I really respect his his uh, creativity and the different things going on, and maybe I'll feel different if I listen to it a couple more times. Or, but there's just certain things about his like vocalizations, like in the first song or that like mouth trumpet, where I just like hear it and I'm like, what? Like why? Why was that the choice? Why were these these different elements the choice? But when you get when you get it that far out there, I mean, you're gonna trip up a couple times or you know it's not like you can just 
go all the way out and not have different aspects. And sometimes that those things like I listen to again and I'm like so forgiving because it's just gets gets right out there. It gets into those dark introspective places. Like we're listening to uh what's it right now? Uh, is it the end of Aleph? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alephy. And that like saxophone is like going wild and I'm into it. <laughs> I love it. Here for it. I'm here for that saxophone. But at the same time, you know, when those like weird vocals or sometimes it's like in the same mode the guitars just work in it's uh, it's like not as engaging not as interesting to me what are we talking about next time birch let's just do acid listen to this song. <laughs> uh, okay. i don't need drugs to feel cool <laughs> all right next time we're talking about graham parsons grievous angel adios Confiscate or make